Good morning. I welcome each of you to this divine service, and I pray that God's very richest blessings would rest upon each of you as he meets us in his word and in this blessed sacrament. The Old Testament reading appointed for this Sunday is found recorded in the book of Ruth as we read from the first chapter. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons, Malam and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malan and Kilian died, so that the women was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose and her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard of the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against you. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading for the day is found recorded in St. Paul's second letter to Timothy, as we read from the second chapter. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 
Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of our Lord. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied upon each of you, both now and forevermore. Amen. The text to which we direct our attention this morning certainly is each of the three readings that we heard today and that overall theme of faithfulness. But I would draw upon these words as St. Paul writes to Timothy. If we are faithless, he, that is to say, Jesus remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. My dear friends in Christ, the story is told of Rudy and Arlene. They grew up in small-town America. They married, and God blessed them with a child. Shortly after her birth, this child was diagnosed with spina bifida. She needed oxygen. But the oxygen concentration was set too high and resulted in blindness, deafness, and extreme challenges. This little girl's name was Carolyn. The doctors apologized to the parents, and they suggested to Rudy and Arlene that they go home and have another child. Their reasoning for making that suggestion was that statistics would indicate that Carolyn would not live past her sixth birthday, and it would be better to put her in a state home early. But Rudy and Arlene would not abandon their child. They reasoned to themselves that if Carolyn's life was going to be short, they would take care of her at home. They would love her, and they would tell her about Jesus. 
What about Rudy and Arlene? Carolyn was never able to feed herself or to control her bodily functions. She could not be left alone. Rudy would go to early church service and Arlene to the later. And as other children were born into the family, again, the doctors suggested that the parents put Carolyn in a, in a care home because the amount of attention that she required would hurt the other kids in their growing up. And again, Rudy and Arlene ignored the doctor's suggestion. So, my friends, what would you have done? Yes, what would you have done had you been faced, or were if you were faced with a situation similar to Rudy's and Arlene's? Certainly, Carolyn could put a strain on the family because there could be no family vacation. There would never be a time when both mom and dad could attend school functions or the children's Christmas service. Yes, in time, Rudy and Arlene discovered that Carolyn was not deaf and that she had a vocabulary of three words, dad, mom, and jeez. Carolyn always smiled when she said, jeez. Her sixth birthday came quickly, then her seventh, her eighth, her ninth, and the family continued to care for their daughter. They never showed any sort of discouragement for their hard work that was never ending. Again, what about you? What would you have done? Would you have continued to care for Carolyn through her 10th, 11th, and 20th birthdays? You see, for 27 years, mom and dad faithfully cared for Carolyn until Jesus called her home. And in taking her home after all those years, after she had been confessing the faith in the simplest of terms, yes, we can see that only Jesus is what I'm going to describe as full-time faithful. But what would you have done? What would you have done? Certainly, most of us have worked tirelessly to do everything possible for the children given to us by our Heavenly Father. Yes, some may have listened to the doctors when they said there's no hope. Some may have worked for Car- with Carolyn for a few years, maybe even a decade. But what about 27 years? You know, we may be faithful in many pursuits in life, but there's not one of us that are that faithful. Yes, we may be committed to a cause, but we're not that committed. The point that I would begin with this morning is not to say, be faithful like Rudy and Arlene. If you have a child like Carolyn, do like they did. No. Rather, the point is simply this, that none of us, none of us this side of eternity is totally faithful. Sure, sure, we might show our children all of our love. We might do it for 27 years, but still we will be in some way self-serving and faithless. Sure, we might describe ourselves as being pretty good people. And as pretty good people, we usually try to do the right thing. We try, remember, we try, but we don't fully succeed. 
That's because we're only pretty good people, not totally good people. And the person who is not totally good, that person is a sinner. And in all truth, none of us sinners are as caring or as compassionate or as faithful as we would like to think that we are. And yet I stand before you today to say there is one. There is one who is totally caring, totally compassionate, totally faithful. And that one is Jesus Christ, your Lord, your Savior. Again, as St. Paul writes to Timothy, if we, you and I, are faithless, he, that is to say Jesus, remains faithful in all things. Yes, Holy Scripture tells us Jesus' great love for us. Again, think how in the beginning God created everything and declared it to be very good. But we also read in Holy Scripture that Adam and Eve chose another path for humanity as they turned from God's will, as they gave in to the temptation to sin that Satan put before them. Their one act of disobedience brought death into God's creation. You see, my friends, on our own and by ourselves, you and I could never be reconciled to God. We could never, by our own works, be forgiven of the sin that we commit. Our sin marks us as simply pretty good people, yet destined to hell. Holy Scripture also tells us that God has stepped in, that he has promised to send his Son to be our Savior. Holy Scripture tells us of God's faithfulness in his promise, in spite of what his people in spite of what you and I have done. When God's people wandered in the ways of sin, yes, they even chased after other gods. And in his love and in his mercy, God reached out to them and brought them back. When they forgot God's promise, he sent the prophets to remind them of his love. No matter what his people of old has done, no matter what his people today do, God remains faithful. Yes, he would and he did send the Savior who would bring forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption. In the fullness of time, as St. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 4, God kept his promise, sending his Son, our Savior. And yet, the night that Jesus was born, his bed was a manger and there were but a few shepherds who came to visit and welcome him. But we also see that that night foreshadowed what was to come as Jesus purchased our salvation with his own lifeblood. Jesus was full-time faithful. And yet I ask you, what does that full-time faithful really mean? What do the Gospels say about Jesus? We can survey the Gospel record and we can certainly see that Jesus had friends And that when he announced that he was living his life to win their forgiveness, his friends turned on him. What did it cost Jesus to be full-time faithful? He left his heavenly home in all of its glory. His mother and his brothers thought that he was out of his mind. 
Being tempted with the riches of the world, Jesus turned them down, choosing rather to live in poverty so that you and I could be spiritually rich. You have friends, but Jesus also had friends. And numbered among his friends were the tax collectors, the Samaritan woman, the grieving, the lost, the leprous, as we heard in the gospel lesson today. Jesus spent his time with them. He gave himself to them. And oftentimes with little or no thanks at all. You enjoy this church family. But we also see from the pages of Scripture that Jesus' church plotted to kill him, and innocent, his government declared him guilty. In all of this, Jesus remained faithful, being focused only on winning the forgiveness of all of your sins. Yes, focused on that one mission, so that you would be saved from eternal death and given eternal life. Jesus did not respond when he was spit on or beaten or whipped or crowned with thorns or nailed to the cross. But rather, as we read in John's gospel, he prayed the Father to forgive those who were doing these things to him. Throughout his life, in his suffering and death, Jesus was full-time faithful to his mission fulfilling the Father's promise to send the Savior to save sinners. And again, as St. Paul tells us, if you and I are faithless, Jesus remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Jesus' faithfulness continues even today. Having fulfilled the law, having resisted Satan's temptations, having defeated death, Having risen from the dead, Jesus remains fully committed to calling and to keeping his people in the one true faith. He is in the waters of baptism. He embraces every family who mourns. He gives strength as you and I together hear his word and receive his true body and blood in the supper. He is here right now, hearing our prayers, understanding our concerns, calming our every fear. He is here right now, and he will be with you and me in every tomorrow to love, to forgive, and to bring us to that day of eternal life. Yes, St. Paul tells us to remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Full-time faithful. That's our Savior. That is our Savior who deserves our unending thanks and praise from you and me, is pretty good people. And yet, people who have been redeemed by his blood to the joys of eternal life. God grant you and me that faithfulness until that day that we see our Savior face to face in his heavenly home. 
Amen. And now the peace of God, which surpasses all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.